this week on Dig Me Out. Paranoid man, and Ben and the hand of paranoia at the center of his power. My bad replica shooter, Senate dissolving by his bed replica shooter. With your hosts, Jason Diaz and Tim Minichi. Jay, this week we're back with an album review, and it is a milestone, Jay. This is a big deal for us. This is the first time that we are doing a massive Patreon poll. All the suggestions came from our listeners, whether they're patrons or not. They could submit a a suggestion to our website. You built this this little uh, device, Jay, called a website. On there, (laughs) there is a box. There's a form. A form. A web form, if you will. And in that web form, you can input uh, data that we will then review. And uh, we come out with a list of bands and their albums that have been suggested. And we throw them up in a poll. And we let our patrons battle it out. Yeah, so we're going to do this once a month. We'll just collect them up. We'll take them in the order they are submitted. Um, no cheaters. We're only going to do uh, – you get one per poll. Yeah. So if you submit 10 at a time, we're going to pick one yep. <laughs> for that month. You're not going to get all 10 in the poll. Yeah, and I think it's – um, you can get to the pick here, but it feels like this is giving a voice – to the sort of the the master the master brain that's become dig me out because yes this band got two submissions for two different albums and then it ended up winning the poll against eight other very strong records Seven. so it feels like the collective mind is telling us dig me out that we really need to go talk about this band right and the and we'll we'll give this information uh you know in our in our segment later but the winner of this poll is the fall and their album, The Infotainment Scan, which came out in 1993. Now, The Fall was the is basically Mark E. Smith, who um, passed away last year. This was a band that's been around since 1978, Jay. 1978, right. excuse me, 1976 to last year. 32 studio albums, 66 members of the fall over those years. Wow. Jay, at some point you and I have been in the fall. That's more members than I think even Ellie Guns has had. That'd be a interesting. I wonder if any, there's any crossover there. Was Jizzy <laughs> Pearl ever in, <laughs> ever in the fall? I think he was just briefly. He did it like one tour. Oh, okay. He didn't do, he didn't do an album. Well, because you look at the names of people who've been in the fall, like, Ricks Smith or Tommy Crooks. And you're like, yeah, Tommy Crooks was on uh, Hollywood Vampires. He played third <laughs> guitar. Yeah. So I, that's a good, I wonder, I wonder if we uh, put those up against each other, who would have more members, the fall or LA guns. That's the kind of, you know, stuff you're going to get here on dig me out. The important stuff like that. Uh, so not only 32 albums, Jay over that time, 40 compilation albums, uh, 13 EPs, 46 singles, 
two solo albums by Marky Smith. I'm sorry, 31 studio albums, 32 live albums. Uh, and then five albums, which were partially live and partial studio. So basically uh, a lot, a lot of music from Marky Smith and the and the fall over the years. And uh, I think we, we got to call out that Ian Wobble suggested this. Yes. And it was shocked yeah. that it won. Yep. <laughs> he he said, was. Kind of, yeah. He said, I was really not expecting this outcome. I know. He was, uh, I think he thought for sure that uh, uh, Allison Chain's Dirt was going to win, which it led for a, a brief moment, but. Yeah, just at the beginning, um, it took off, you know, it, it was in classic uh, horse race parlance, Jay. It was quick out the gate, but it wasn't, uh, it didn't last. And I know there was some concern by, yep. by you and some other uh, listeners that we were going to go mainstream and do the Allison Chains record, but uh, the patrons came through. And this finished pretty strong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It ended up with 25% of the vote, which of eight records, Jay, that's that's a healthy oh. amount. Uh, Alice in Chains Dirt did come in with 18% of the vote. And then Far Tin Cans with Strings to You came in at 14%. Also, Eve's Plum Envy at 14%. Bad Religions, Stranger Than Fiction, 11 tied with T-Ride, self-titled album at 11%. And then down at the bottom with 4% skip loaders from can to string and the adventures trading secrets with the moon. Those were at 4%. Now we won't be putting those into another poll per se. They've been removed from our poll options, but if someone who's a patron at in, you know, with their 12 month pick decides they want to revisit one of those records, they're more than welcome to, but we're just not going to put them into a poll because we've got a lot of suggestions to get through. So every month, eight new albums, and our patrons will be the ones deciding. And you made a good point, Jay. I mean, it's not up to us. If if the patrons decide, hey, let's listen yep. to Tim and Jay talk about Alice in Chains' Dirt, well, then I guess that's what we're going to do. They decided to go in the completely opposite other direction of Alice in Chains' Dirt when it came to this list and yep. pick the fall. Uh, I can't think of a any album that is farther away from <laughs> Alice in Chains' Dirt than the infotainment scan by the fall uh, of all the albums that were listed. And some people were concerned about Bad Religion being in there as being uh, uh, too big. I guess I never considered Bad Religion to be a band on par with Alice no. in Chains. Or even if you're talking about punk in the 90s, Green Day or... The Offspring or Rancid, I never thought of them as being quite up to that in terms of popularity. To me, they were always mm. still a little bit more underground than those uh, bands. Yeah, I feel like we've reviewed a lot of bands that have had the same level of success that they've had um, commercially. Now so, they, they've had a little bit more staying power, but in terms of commercial success, you're not you're talking about maybe one or two songs. Yeah, we mentioned Patreon. Uh, folks, we should get to some of their comments over at patreon.com forward slash dig me out. Ian Wobble, the man who suggested it, said, I have a feeling Alice in Chains will win. You were wrong. As I said in Facebook, it's not very obscure. It does deserve a scathing review about how unoriginal and boring it is and the crap that was inspired by it later in the 90s. Cough, cough, Godsmack. Uh, however, my vote goes towards the fall as it was my suggestion, and it's one of the most controversial fall albums with the fans, I have not seen such strong hatred or love for any other album in their back catalog, and I would love a Dig Me Out examination. Now, that's interesting. I know nothing about The Fall other than Marky e. Smith was a very cantankerous sort of anti-media, anti-musician 
he didn't like to hang around with other musicians. He was just sort of this like, you know, had this acerbic wit and extremely sort of caustic sense of humor and uh, didn't have much time for, I guess you'd say, the more polished rock and roll of the 80s and 90s in the UK. So uh, I, I'm only I was curious only in the sense that I knew of him as like sort of a legend and not necessarily what anything of the, what the fall sounded like. I don't think that anybody who commented actually voted for in their comments uh, the uh, the fall. Uh, Keith Sawyer picked Eve's Plum. Let's see uh, the Scots. I believe both of them went with uh, T Ride, Scott Witt and Scott Halgram. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Casey Westerman. Casey did pick the fall. I said, I'm pulling hard for the fall here, but not just because it's a fine late album from an important band, but also because it's the only one of these albums I've heard all the way through. Um, there's an interesting story about the fall getting put out in the U.S. by Matador Records only to get dropped by the label after some bad behavior by Marky Smith, but I'm not sure anyone's written that story down anywhere. Um and so where else do people pick uh davy bright said uh stranger than fiction he also lamented that life of agony's ugly who didn't make the cut uh probably we'll see that in a future poll did you say that uh when ian submitted this record that in the description he put that uh, the fall were really the fall really are a dig me out wet dream <laughs> whoa wow <laughs> Uh, that's strong. That's strong. I, I'm not sure about that. I guess we can get into that. Maybe yeah. that's where you can, you can start the review. Um, wet dream. Okay. Yeah. Matthew Barnes picked Allison chains. Uh, Johnny Hooper. He went with the fall. I'm sure I'll be outgunned on this one. You weren't, but my vote goes to the awesomeness. That is the fall though. Not my favorite of their records. I'll always jump at the chance to listen to examination of the fall. Rest in peace. Marky Smith. Eric Peterson said he voted for Bad Religion. And Phil Fleming voted for T-Ride. See, now three people voted for T-Ride, but yet that did not get a very strong representation in the votes. Yeah, we had a lot of T-Ride uh, support on Facebook, but uh, those folks weren't willing to pony up the uh, the buck a month to go vote for the yeah, record. Well, so. they're, if you don't, uh, you don't feel strongly enough to... Uh, to join as a Patreon, Patreon, and uh, your vote's not going to count. Sorry about that, but uh, we got to pay bills somehow. That's how we do it here. Also, I need ways to come up with cool prizes, and that's uh, <laughs> that's also comes from Patreon funds. So neither neither Jay and I are using this money to retire anytime soon. Trust us. It, it just shows an investment in the uh, podcast in terms of uh, those are the opinions that we take the most right uh, weight. Carry the most weight. Yes. And uh, Patrick Testa, he said, interesting that tin cans and car tires by Mo isn't on this list. Neither is tin cans and twine by Tortoise. <laughs> Talking through tin cans by the Morning Benders or Speak Easy by the tin cans. What's up? Is this your two can or string policy? Uh, there were two two records with uh, tin can phone references. That's Got it. Got it. You use some wordage on me there, Patrick. All right, let's get to this record, Jay. Infotainment scan, The Fall. Had you listened to The Fall before this? 
No, the only thing I knew about the only reason I even knew the band is because our band had a song called The Fall, and I just remember vaguely like a sound man or somebody in another band or somebody who saw a set list and went on babbled on and on about we had a song called The Fall and they were a great band and blah blah blah. So that's the only time I ever even heard of them. I've never heard their music at all. Excellent. Neither have I. Let's get into this. Jay, tell me one thing that you like about the infotainment scan by the fall. Well, it's definitely original. Um, I think the vocal style is unique. It's, I guess, for lack of a better compare, uh, a more uh, complete comparison, I'll say it's Lou Reed-ish, a little bit more garbled sometimes. Drunken. Um, Drunken sounding. Uh, but when it works, it's, I think, pretty unique, pretty effective. I, um, I get it sometimes, um, especially the first half of the record where uh, they do a good job of making sure that the music is supporting the melodies that are sometimes fleeting mm-hmm. in his rambling. But if they really think about it um, and make an effort to do it, they can back up the melodies he's that are being created with the vocal with a guitar line or a synth sometimes or a bass line. And it kind of comes together into this kind of a, this weird juxtaposition of very fairly rigid music in terms of a lot of this stuff on here is either programmed or drum machine. Mm -hmm. Um, but then this vocal that's not at all programmed, (laughs) It's like the anti-programmed. <laughs> and when the two come together melodically, I think it creates a pretty interesting sound. Uh, I hear, you know, shades of early U2 or even like sometimes Pet Shop Boys or early Blur. So you kind of get this definite alt-rock kind of vibe that um, works. There's a song um, where they go into a total Gary Glitter style groove, which is Glam racket. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere, but it works. Yeah, I think when it when it works melodically for me, uh, the music is supporting the vocal, and there's this kind of magic that happens between this uh, what, what seems like chaos in terms of his singing style and this very rigid music. And when it locks up melodically, it, it, it makes sense. I didn't know a few things going into this record. One is that there are a couple of covers on this record, which you would be hard-pressed to know that they're covers. One is Lost in Music, track two, is a Sister Sledge cover. You remember Sister Sledge, Jay? <laughs> uh, I do. We I are have, family. Notes, yeah, in my notes I had, this sounds like a Pet Shop Boys song. Well, it's... Uh, well, actually, a drunk Pet Shop Boys song. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to Spain is a cover of like a really obscure song that was uh, like a 70s UK singer. And it was the song itself was actually included on a compilation that a radio DJ put out called like the worst songs in history. Wow. I I don't know why Marky Smith decided to cover it. So did you read? We didn't discuss this. Did you read? review the 10 track or with the two bonus tracks no there's three versions of this record on apple music two of them have 12 tracks yes and then one has um like 20 some tracks so you get the 12 then now they're the last two are marked as bonus tracks yes so you, you you've got them but you know they're bonus and then the the long version of the record i think that came out last year it has a bunch of de- uh, live demo versions and live right. versions. The song The League Moon Monkey Mix is actually a remix of the song The League of Bald-Headed Men. Ah, uh, okay. I don't know if you could tell that. I couldn't, no. <laughs> no me neither. Yeah, the last two tracks are, are marked as bonus tracks. So I didn't know yep. if you included them or not. Um, I think there are bonus tracks like on the CD. And then the the vinyl version that came out. So like they were hidden. I don't know if they were hidden or not. I just think that because uh, the CD was longer than the vinyl record that they put them on okay. the vinyl record as bonus tracks. That's what I, I see. Think. Yeah, I agree with you. Like th- this does really work in certain points. I don't know if you remember there was a band in the early two thousands called Art Brute. Uh, mm. They they had a song called Formed a Band. You remember that band, Jay? was like formed uh, a band. Sounds... i formed a band we formed a band and it was no. like very similar in like rudimentary sort of speak singing um yep. i'm trying to remember what the name of the guy i can't remember what the guy's it was eddie something was the lead singer but i it made me laugh because i was like wow that must be the only guy who heard marky smith and said i'm gonna sing like that guy yeah like it's not somebody i would uh be inspired by as far as vocals but he somehow did it and you know wrote wrote a couple decent songs um there are some really interesting moments on here that like you said especially up towards the first half of the record like song like paranoia man in cheap shit room it's just sort of him like yelling over top of this this sort of indie rock sounding i mean that one sounds could it could be a regular drum kit. It, I don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be a uh, program Jones on that one kind of has like a post-punk wire or uh mission of Burma kind of sound to it. Yeah. And you have a song like it's a curse, which has that like repetitive uh, driving kind of single note almost sounds like, again, this is such a weird comparison. There's a song on Wilco's, uh, a ghost is born called uh, spiders. I think it's called. And it's just like 10 minutes long of just like one, like kind of note being jammed on in this like repetitive, like train piston, like uh, rhythm section going on behind it. And it kind of has that feel to that's like the way that that song sounds like in parts. Yeah. 
Like there's certain songs where like his rambling over top of these very noisy and but repetitive bits really works well. It's I don't necessarily understand all the things he's saying all the time. No. Um, I do in some of the other ones like Glam Racket. There's some he he mentions suede in that song. I'm pretty sure he's taking a shot at suede being like a glam retro band. And, uh, yeah. and basically being like David Bowie ripoffs. Um, it's a little bit more, it's not as clear, but I mean, he he does say suede in the band and some sort of, I forgot what the exact lyric was. There's a, you know, there's a couple tracks. Not, the whole record doesn't work for me, but there's a couple tracks where it's like, it's really interesting. Even that cover of Lost in Music is, like you said, sort of Pet Shop Boise sounding. Yeah. I mean, it it works. Um, did you pick up in, uh, the league of bald headed men? Did that guitar riff remind you of anything? Not really. Did it, it didn't remind you of Misty mountain hop by the, by Led Zeppelin. If you listen to that. Um, I guess a very rudimentary version of it, I suppose. Oh, okay. Like. Talk about the dome, 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 yeah. dome, dome. Yeah. Like once I heard that, I was like, oh, this is, this is Misty mountain hop. Okay. Huh. Um, there was a couple of and like that and like you mentioned Glam Rocket sounds like a lot like Gary Glitter yeah obviously on purpose right so those those things bother actually bothered me more uh, like being so close to other songs than the songs that didn't work as much for me as far as him singing which are like I think when you get to like a past is gone mad is an example where it's just like this bad electronica sounding stuff. Yep. Or, or it's not even electronica. It's just rave dance music. It's like early nineties yep. rave music or something like that's where I don't think that him trying to do that over that tempo doesn't work for me. I need a little dirgier and noisier. And then I, then his like spite and, anger sort of works yeah for me yeah i could hear that and i think um by the second half of the record the not i want to say novelty but the uh the originality started to wear off for me because i started to recognize what the formula was and a lot of this material sounds like ultimately like one person in a in a bedroom studio with a keyboard and a drum machine and a you know it's a recording setup so you get that like very formulaic kind of pattern that starts to emerge of Mm -hmm. uh, this is the bed of music that he creates and then kind of just says stuff over top of it until something sticks. Um, So it's, you know, by track six, seven, you start to recognize that pattern and then it becomes less compelling to me. Um, 
and, and then I started to scrutinize the just the the I mean, the production of this record is not very good. Um, it's very muddy, um, and I started to really question the whole uh, approach of using all this electronic music to create the the beds and, and couldn't help but wonder. And it, and it kind of proves out when you listen to some of the live versions of these songs on the, uh, the, the expanded version of the record. Yep. Uh, it sounds much better. Uh, I, I just can't help but think like you could have taken, if you want to have that contrast of this sort of random, unpredictable vocal approach with a much more regimented, you know, <clears throat> music approach, I think you could have still have done that with a real band um, in terms of recording and they could have like provided that like piston engine kind of feel, but also complimented him a little bit more, like know when to play off of his melodies, uh, or his sort of dynamics and, and what he's trying to do just a little bit to make it feel more organic. And, and also like the, the way the kind of the, the mix of this record is, a, is kind of a mess. You know, is there's not a consistency in terms of like what instruments to pay attention to. So I just think um, a real band could have made this coherent. I think on the record you hear a lot of meandering with um, like not having a focus. Um, sometimes the bass will be the focus, sometimes keyboards, sometimes the vocal, sometimes guitar, sometimes the drums. It's just not, for me at least, wasn't coherent from start to finish in terms of how this musically fit together. Yeah, I have that same issue too. It's it's disconnected, um, and I I I wonder about the comments that were made on Patreon about this being a sort of divisive album when it comes to the uh, split. You know, some of them really liking this record and some of them really hating this record. I think that comes from the fact that this was a pretty big leap for the band, um, that they weren't this processed and this, you know, driven by electronics. That's all I can sort of gather from that, having not listened to uh, earlier stuff. There's just a lot of weird, you know, I guess, like I said before, like rave or house music stuff that I just would not have expected. You know, obviously with his vocal, if when you put a distorted sort of dissonant guitar, it kind of works better because his vocal is dissonant. <laughs> so yeah. they they sort of pair up well. But when it's over these like clean dance beats that are pretty rudimentary it just sort of like has it just they just conflict to in in my mind and and having no you know some people I, this is where it gets weird in in the sense that like so let's say you've been listening to Marky Smith in the fall for like you know this comes out in 93 they've been together since 78 so it's like 15 years you've been listening to this band and they put something out yeah you're either going to roll with this and be like cool they're trying something different and i really like it or you're going to be like this is awful i can't believe this i can't believe they would do something like this but for us going into this cold, it's like, well, this is what they sound like. So you might play like their album from like 1978 and go, well, this is them with just full on punk guitars and or post punk guitars and 
so I don't have anything to compare it to, so I just have to sort of listen to this and go, this is weird. Like, some yeah. of this just, it's just, and not weird and like, I don't understand what they're doing. It's like, I understand what they're doing. It just doesn't work in in the way that I kind of hoped it would when I was thinking like it was going to be this angry, yelling, speak, sing thing. <laughs> you know, I was like ready for that. But then you get the first song and I don't know, the, the baseline's fine. It's not exceptionally complicated. It's not the coolest thing I've ever heard. Um, there's a few points where his vocal and the guitar like sort of match up in that first song, which is called Ladybird Greengrass. Yeah, when they go to the um there's kind of three parts to that song. When they go to yeah. that guitar riff, that do 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 that's pretty cool. got into the record you know i felt like that pulled me in the drums sound really weird but kind of cool they're like very gated um yeah. so you get this kind of performance feel but obviously when you really listen to it, it it's probably a drum machine and there's something about it creates this uh unpredictability about it like you quite quite figure out what the rhythm what the pattern is um and then it, there's enough parts to the song i think there's at least three different sections that it just keeps you moving along. Yeah. But I feel like the record starts to go downhill from there. Like they don't stay at that level of quality. And I think it is to me, I I don't know. I would say it feels like a quality issue. Like they just run out of steam as the record goes on and on in terms of ideas and vision and coherent, you know, concept. Yes. Which, when you're putting out as much music as quickly as uh, this band is, I kind of feel like the same way. No offense to the people who like Bob Pollard and Guided by Voices, but kind of the same thing. Same thing. Like there's some real gems there, and there's a lot of just yeah, not compelling, but, worth and, a second listen. And that's a band I thought of. It wasn't like oh, this sounds like Guided by Voices. It's not like that. There's something you can tell from the I don't know how eccentric maybe it comes across and the fact that some of this feels unfinished, but there's some brilliance in the roughness of it. And the same way there is with guided by voices. I, I, I was definitely seeing a, com- a connection there in a weird way. I couldn't quite make it out musically, but they're in the spirit, I guess. And maybe the, the, the way the music was made felt similar to how they approach things. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's the people, you know, sort of the the talent behind it is is similar in some way. But I could definitely see how fans of that band would kind of get this band on some level. Yeah, and I think your comment about the drums with their produced is just an overall sort of 
you know, it affects a lot of this record in the sense that, like, they should sound bigger and more in your face, and they just they do sound like a keyboard off of a, you know, like a MIDI little keyboard part, yeah. and it just doesn't quite as it's just not quite as interesting or abrasive musically as I would like it to be because he's doing what he needs to do, but there's just like this sort of blandness and sanitized version of the music that I kind of, it just doesn't hold up. Like I bet people think going into this thought, Oh, they're just, they're not going to know what to do with Marky Smith. He's just all over the place. He's crazy lyrics and his delivery, but that's not really, I can deal with that. It's just that the, what's going on behind him is not all that yeah. solid. Yeah, I think you're nailing it. There's, yeah, this very, maybe that's the point, I don't know, like a very generic approach to the music other than the some of the tones kind of being crappy. It's just very unremarkable musically. Because it's on the precipice of, of being really glossy. Yeah. But it still sounds kind of weak. And if like you're doing the guided by voices, lo-fi thing, then you would just do a lo-fi record with like cheap, you know, really crappy guitars and keyboards and loops and stuff. And then it would be like sort of charming, but it's just like, it sounds like it was done in the studio. It just doesn't sound like it was just produced very well. Yep. It's 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 in an odd spot. It's in an odd spot. It's just, I, I don't know how to, Put it other than that. Yeah, I think uh, what's surprising about this record is you would think your issue, the the, the challenging part would be the vocal, which um, I don't think it is for me. I think I kind of get it vocally and lyrically, and uh, it's more musically. I don't understand how the two meet together. And it's not even a songwriting standpoint. I think the songwriting is fine. I think it's just a presentation of the music that's yeah beyond strange. Yeah. So how do we even break this down? Jay, worthy album, better EP, decent single. I'm going to go with an EP. There's definitely um, an EP's worth of moments on this record that I like um, and I think are pretty unique and, and worth hearing. Um, I like the first half of the record up really through It's a Curse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it starts to tail off pretty dramatically. Um, I think the only ra- song on the second half of the record that I really care for is why are people grudgeful just in that it has this ska feel, which is yep. very unexpected. It's a cover of two different ska songs mashed okay. together. Okay. So, uh, I kind of, I would have liked to hear them, you know, as a more as a band go at that unless as this drum machine production thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an EP. I like about five songs on the record. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm about the same with you. I I like the the Sister Sledge cover, Lost in Music, and I like Lady Bird, even though Glam Racket sounds like Fairy Glitter, I like that as well and It's a Curse and only one or two of the other ones. So, yeah, I'm about five or six songs that I think are solid. It's, it's the back half that really just sort of dips in both quality and in keeping my interest musically. So, there you go. Two EPs from Jay and I. I don't know what people were expecting with regards to our reaction to this, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised if befuddled by some of the choices. So 
I'm sure a lot of people who listen to The Fall are befuddled. There's a lot of befuddlement. Yeah, I mean, this is a band with uh, a huge catalog, so I don't even know. This is your first record. Where do you go next? You know, Jay, they often say that those like listicles on the internet are, you know, meaningless clickbait, just trying to yep. get you to go through. I actually could use a list of like where to start with the fall. Yep. <laughs> That'd be a, that would actually be a fairly useful thing because out of the uh, 31 studio albums, I'm not sure where to jump in. If you could give me the top five, I'd appreciate that. I might go back and check them out. Well, there is a uh, another fall in the listener suggestion queue. So, we- oh, good. <laughs> the patrons might uh, answer that question for us on terms of uh, what's an- the next rep- record. Another '90s fall album. Let's see which one it is. It is David Gorgos, Dirty Gert. He suggested Code Selfish, 1992, The Fall. So it's the album just before this. So this is his description of that record is a truly great album embracing electronica. Okay. Just in the U.S. Uh, so. So more electronica. Yeah. Sounds like this. The record we just reviewed was not uh, unique in their exploration of electronic music. Fantastic. Well, maybe we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll see how the how the pole gods align for our next poll. Which, if you want to make a suggestion, you can go over to digmeoutpodcast.com, and we have our suggestion form. You can throw it in there. We'll put it in the hopper and spit out eight new picks for our uh, next poll, which will be for July. Yeah, so that next fall record probably wouldn't be until October. That it would be in the poll, so we got a little time. Okay, we got time to ready ourselves. Do hey. you want to know what's in July? No, we can't. We'll, no, well, okay. Give me one name, one band name. Okay, okay, okay. Give me. Uh, let me see here. I'll pick one that we've already announced. Uh, Snot. Nice. With, with the album, get some. So that will be one of our eight picks for next month. A lot of praise on Facebook for that one. Got a lot of likes and comments. Well, we'll see see if that can hold up when the poll is launched. And, the, and it all comes down to that. <laughs> so dramatic. It all it comes is. down. I need, I need that Chicago Bulls 1990s, uh, you know, starting lineup music. Yeah. Do, 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 do. At number eight, snot, get some. All right, Patreon folks, thanks everybody for chiming in with your comments. We greatly appreciate it. You can join us at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash dig me out. Of course, if you like what you heard, please consider leaving us some positive feedback over at iTunes. And for Jay, I'm Tim. We're out, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash digmeout and become a monthly subscriber at www.digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, as well as our merchandise store at zazzle.com. <laughs>